back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yeah, a little country flow. We're back on the block. Right here on The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We thank you again for joining us for this segment of Hitting the Hardwood. And it was pretty crazy, uh, Boxster. It was a lot going on on yesterday, but it was seemed like it was a two-part opposite spectrum. And you know, you know, like you have the justice scales. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, one side goes up and down. It seemed like they were both on one side of the spectrum. I, I think I expected a little bit more for Golden State. It just seemed to me that there was no energy. There was no passion. It, you know, it was no expectation of, you know, really just sealing the deal and closing it out. It was it was lackluster to me. It was it was it was a lot of just a bunch of nothing. I mean, it was good to see finally uh, Clay Thompson do a little something after he had struggled a little bit throughout the series. But no Jordan Poole. He only didn't even play 20 minutes a game. And, and, you know, Steph was not really a factor. And I, I really can't speak on it. But what I'm impressed with is I'm really impressed with how the Memphis Grizzlies took onus of knowing that they were not going to have their best player. And they were looking at Jaron Jackson Jr., who struggled the night before, who was the only one who was averaging pretty much in double figures outside of John Morant in his 38 a game, 20 points a game. And they basically said, we're going to spread the wealth around and get busy tonight. We're at home. It's like they played with passion and energy. And to score 134 game, uh, points in a game, a playoff game at that, in a closeout game, that makes a statement for me. I mean, that that basically lets you know that, hey, you know, don't get it twisted. We ain't going nowhere. And it, it was really good to see not only Jackson step up, but we were watching and keeping our eyes on whether or not Bain, yeah. who had been struggling a little bit, would find himself uh, in this game as well. How would Dylan Brooks rebound uh, in the way that he played? But Desmond Bain stepped up, 6 of 12, 50% from two, and four for six from three, five for five from the free throw line. But the main one I really want to talk about right now is who replaced John Morant. And that man's name is Tyus Jones. I mean, we don't even, I don't even think we heard about Tyus Jones throughout any part of any of the series. But now John Morant's out. He gets the nod. He's ready. He steps in, fills the void. 24 minutes, has 8 for 12 shooting, 66%, 4 for 7 from 3 at 57%, 1 for 1 from the free throw line. But here's what I like even more. You ready? Mm-hmm. Nine assists to zero turnovers. In a crucial playoff game, and you've been just kind of sitting and watching. I love what they did last night. Don't count them out because when you really look at everything at the end of the day, they their win percentage shows a, a track record of 63 wins without Ja, ja Morant 
and only uh, 52 wins with him if you do if you do the breakdown on the stats. So they seem to play, I don't know what it is, they seem to just play you tremendously better. I don't know if it's ball movement. I don't know what it is. But also defensively, their numbers seem to be way better on the defensive end, holding opponents down as opposed to when John Morant's around. So is it best to have John Morant not around? Or do you (laughs) need a John Morant? Or whatever the case may be, they're right now having a pretty good series, and they made it. You know, a statement on last night. Yeah, and I believe their GM was uh, was rewarded for that. I think he won GM of the year uh, today or whatever it is. But in any case, they, they should be. I mean, we talk about how deep the Heat are, and, and you don't really bring up Memphis because, um, well, you just haven't seen too much over the last couple of years, right? I mean, John Morant's kind of had to come up here um, this year, and, and they're a bit of a surprise. But um, for what they did last night, not one guy had over 21 points. They basically were pulled early. I mean, otherwise – Several of them would have had. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game was over mid-third quarter. Like, they were up on the Warriors by 50. That's something the Warriors struggle to do, despite the fact that they're the most prolific team, uh, you know, over the last decade. So it, it's, it, it was crazy to see. I said it yesterday. Um, what I do worry about this team is closing. I, I think they can win some games if they're able to blow out the Warriors. And in this game, they were. Um, but when it comes to the end, I think that's where they're going to miss John Morant and ultimately lose this series. But a heck of a statement from a young franchise that's, you know, just kind of coming up. And a lot of these guys are young. Jaron Jackson, uh, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bame, Tyus Jones, who doesn't get enough uh, recognition for help leading Duke to the national title years ago. Kyle Anderson and Zaire Williams off the bench. Uh, Brandon Clark. I mean, they, they've got a lot of guys. And Steven Adams, don't forget about him, kind of the veteran presence there as well. Um, so, I mean, they they are deep. They, they play well as a team. And, uh, and, and, and it's crazy to see. You wonder what they would do without John ja Morant, who's obviously one of the best young assets in the league for anybody. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think their ceiling drops a little bit. I mean, they, but it's, it, it, it certainly doesn't seem to drop their floor too much. It, it really doesn't. And, and and this has been consistent. This isn't just a playoff oh, anomaly. Yeah. This has been throughout the season as well. So there's a large sample size that basically shows you that this is not an, an an outlier. This is not something that just an happenstance. This is this has been a pretty consistent trend that when Jaw's out or when he's injured or when he can't play, that this team seems to get the job done. And we're not talking about just beating some, you know, some bad teams. We're not talking about just beating Sacramento or yeah. you know teams like that. We're talking about beating. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat at home. We're talking about these types of wins against really good teams without their, you know, so to speak, best player out there on the team. So it's it's a crazy um, just anomaly of situations that just seem to work to their benefit. I still think they need to sign John Morant ASAP to the – the max extension as soon as possible. One off the start of him in text line, someone says jaw is Russell Westbrook 2.0. And that's what a lot of people are kind of jumping to that conclusion. You know, he's kind of ball dominant. Is he the, a similar type of player to where his numbers are good, but he's not helping bring the team up as much. Um, and I, I think we need more of a sample size from that. Like you, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to sign jaw for the long run, but um, it's being it a is, small market. Team, you got Oh yeah. You gotta you need a look star. At- holding that guy yeah but it is it is fascinating to see I mean if they 
I, I will I will stop short of saying that, but I mean, if they win the series without John Morant, then you really have to look at it because, um, you know, that's when the series turns is when Jaw leaves. That does, you know, that's that's a that's a damning statement if right. it turns out that way. They're gonna have to come down from three one. They they took the first step in that. Um, can they do that when they head out to Oakland? That'll be a little bit more difficult, but we'll see. Uh, I think it is an interesting thing, but on the other side of things, <laughs> we saw a tremendous game to which. The Milwaukee Bucks, probably with about two minutes and 45 seconds left, are down 10 in that game, and it looked bleak. It didn't even look like they had a shot. Giannis is bleeding from the eye. The team is basically struggling. They're in trouble. Giannis is going nuts. I mean, he's going he's going for 40. He's yeah. going for a 40-piece, so it ain't like he wasn't doing his thing. He didn't have the help of his teammates for most of that game. Right. But but the crazy thing about it is, is what I loved is that uh, Drew Holiday, who just was basically having a mixed bag of a type of game, right? It wasn't it wasn't nothing spectacular. It wasn't nothing eye popping, or it didn't seem like it was just you know anything about what he was doing was just overly spectacular, right? But his stat line was terrible when you really look at it other than the three points and a couple of those were late. Um, you know, he's nine for 24 in the game. That's what I'm saying. It didn't yeah. look like there was he anything was spectacular, right, about it. Nothing on the offensive side, nothing on the defensive side. His assist numbers were solid, eight eight assists, two turnovers. But 24 points was, was, was phenomenal. But it was the – it was the – the timely – of the the things that he did and it was reminiscent of what he did in the phoenix series with the bucks where it was a timely steal against um 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 booker booker yeah booker you know it was it was just timely things a timely bucket a timely steal a time and it was the same thing here in this situation in which drew holiday basically (laughs) said Kia defensive player of the year who are you look at me and he makes a tremendous block on Marcus Smart. I mean Marcus Smart had straight line to the basket basically great defense to back off no foul and he comes out of nowhere and makes not just the block see most people have the arrogancy to try to swat it out of bounds and make you look bad right whereas he basically says, I'm going to corral it, save it, and now we've got a possession. Yeah, he threw I it mean, off Marcus wise. Yeah. Yes, it's just wise It's wise intuition of play, and I love that about what he did in that situation. And then, obviously, the last situation where he, he stole the ball at midcourt, knowing that he had a foul opportunity because the foul that sent him to the, for two and Marcus Smart did a great job last time and basically hitting the rim and getting a rebound yeah. off of that. But I'm going to let you speak on it, and then I'm going to come back to it because there's some one other point that I want to make with regards to that. But I wanted to set the tone in that situation because this game was phenomenal, and you know me. Stricky, I told you before that I'm basically a supporter of teams to where I've played, and obviously my best experience was in Boston. I love Milwaukee, proud of what they're doing as an organization, but I'm, I'm, you know, my heart is rooting for Boston. But 
I've got to support what this team was able to accomplish on the road because that crowd was everything of what it was when I played there in the playoffs. It was the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. We got fun. Yeah, it was all of that. That yeah. was a tremendous atmosphere to play in. And Milwaukee to go in there down late and still pull it off. Tremendous for them. Yeah, very frustrating for me as a Celtics fan to watch it because the Celtics were the better team last night. And then they started about midway through the fourth. They started playing not to lose. They were, they were you know, choking up on the shot clock and, and making sure that was winding down, not getting their best shot attempt, not playing with the same aggression that they had throughout the game. And then, you know, like you said at the very end, um, they're down. They're up two. They send Giannis to the line. You think at the very worst this thing's heading in overtime. He hits one. They get the rebound because Bobby Portis, of all people, who I hate more than anybody because he sucker-punched Nikola Mirotic out of the league, uh, it gets the rebound. And so they go up, and then, like you said, then Drew Holiday just turns it on. I mean, his his two defensive plays down the stretch get the win. It's, it's infuriating more than anything to me as a Celtics fan because this um, – I feel like that's the second time that that's kind of happened in this series – and this is the year. I mean, I, I I worry about next year, this this free agency, or at least in the next two years, super teams are coming back. I mean, I, I think that, that we're going to see that. This is the, the year of the opportunity. So whether you're Phoenix, Boston, Milwaukee, throw them in there. Even though without um, without Middleton, they kind of have that excuse. But if, you're, if you don't have an excuse and you're a competing team left here, this is your chance to strike. This is your chance to get the championship. Uh, and we're just seeing it kind of fall through Boston's hands. For what it's worth, I don't think it's over. I know um, you know the Game 5 winner of, of, of series that are tied at 2-2 two two win more than 80% of the time. It's going to be hard, but uh, we've seen both teams win on opponents' courts. Um, so, I mean, they can get it done, um, but, man, it's uh, that it's hard to, to win a series when you give away the games that you should have won, and they've had two of those now. For me, um, there's three, three – well, actually four points. One is Drew Holiday is showing himself to not just be a player but a playmaker. Um. You saw that just how he was able to kind of turn the tide of how this whole thing was looking right. Big three with 45 seconds left on. I mean, it was an it was an erratic situation. The ball just happens to kind of find itself out. He has the intuitiveness to step behind the three and launch it and make it, which was a key shot in that Mm -hmm. situation. Another big three, two. Another big three by Giannis out of all people. Yeah. Listen, the ball gets kicked out, and the game plan is real. Don't close out hard. Close out short to Giannis. And he just, with no hesitation, rises up and bangs a three, which was so important in that, that run that they were making. In that moment, yeah. In that moment was was tremendous. Um we talked about the Drew Holiday block. We talked about the steal. But one of the things I've got to give credit to uh, Coach Bodenholzer about, about was going away from George Hill, which is one of the things that he was trying to implement. Getting away from George Hill and going to Bobby Portis, who really wasn't playing, didn't have nothing crazy about this game at 4 for 14, 0 for 2 from 3, 6 for 6 from the free throw line but 15 rebounds and crucial rebounds. I'm talking about the most crucial one was understanding time, score, situation. Giannis at the free throw line, steps up, makes the first one, misses the second one, finds Marcus Smart, and 
and Jalen Brown fighting for it, yeah. and he just happens to be in the right place at the right time, but has the poise and the composure to put the ball up against in the backboard to put them up. And by one smart. I love him. Defensive player of the year. He's been hanging on with the Celtics forever, so um, I want to see him win a championship in Boston. But, man, did he lose that game late, not just because of the, the, the block and having it thrown off him, not because of the final play, but he ran in there and ran into Jalen Brown, who had the rebound. Had the rebound. For Bobby Portisina. It was just like, man. And But they kept going back to him. It felt like, all right, Marcus, you messed up there. We know you're a good enough player. You know you're going to hold that against yourself unless you make it better. So go do And they just kept going back to him. And uh, and it's especially frustrating, the final one, where Jason Tatum would have had a wide-open three if they could have just got the ball across. He missed handles the ball drew takes it and that's the game that's unfortunately the way it goes down but at this time among we listen this would be good i mean we can dig into this all day but at the end of the day we've got to take a break but we've got two more games that are out there right now the schedule uh is calling for the uh uh dallas mavericks and uh the phoenix I'm sorry, Philadelphia and Miami, they're in closeout games. Yeah, they're at first, yeah. 76ers are at home tonight, down 3-2. Down 3-2. Both of them are down 3-2 with closeout games, both at At home. home. So we're going to see. Do you think, Bach, before we go, Honda Lincoln Hotline or Sauter Heyman text line 402-464-5685, how do you think they will close out? We can touch on it maybe when we come back after the break, see what your thoughts are. Or is it over with? We'll be back on 93.7theticketfm.com right here on the block right after this.